all of our skill sets are different and we are all uniquely created. When you just say yes to the outreach opportunity and go out and do it, God does amazing things with that. You are listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast where we talk about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. My name's Tim. I'm Robbie. And I'm Becky. I thought yesterday's little excursion we made was an interesting little peek into what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because there we were out in the midst of, of our fine city, uh, our fine town, and we ran into some and into some people who were doing the very thing we're talking about, which is evangelism or outreach, right in the middle of the town square amidst homeless people and not homeless people. And we saw some folks from a local church there and uh, giving out gospel tracts, but also giving out snacks. They were also giving out snacks, giving out works of art and things with Bible verses written on them. For free. For free. Oh, exactly. These paintings are free. Yeah. You can take one. Like, oh, that's super cool. Yeah. It caught my eye. I was like, well, that's a really cool looking little painting there. Yeah. You want it? Take it, they yeah. said. Yeah. Wow. And they were really engaging works of art, too. It's mm-hmm. not like just something that was thrown together. It was really neat and eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just just there in the farmer's market. It was a cool little glimpse into what goes on in our town where the church is working. Not our church, just a church, part of the global church where the church is working and we didn't even know about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. that was encouraging to me. Yep. And uh, here it is, the three of us that are talking about evangelism today or outreach, I should I should say. So outreach and inreach. I would say what we those those are terms I might have I don't know if I made up the word inreach. I'm pretty sure I've heard that before. But kind of what I mean by that is the church going out to be amongst the people or the church calling the people to come and be with them. A uh, ministry that happens outside of that church building, the church community and ministry that happens when people are invited into that community. I'd say what we saw yesterday, though, was an example of outreach, the church being out amongst the people, a stone's throw away from a homeless guy sleeping on a bench. That, I'll just say right up here to start us off with a bit of honesty, that convicts me. I do I do more inreach. I minister to people when they get to my church. But yeah, getting out there amongst the people is kind of a conviction for me. Well, I don't do that a lot. I will jump in there too and say that I'm I'm terrible at it. I people look at me and assume I'm the type of person that's really good about like get amongst the people and be like, oh, Jesus. But uh, I'm really I would so much rather just stay in my cute little home and not go anywhere and just work in my little garden and just ignore the world. And Jesus has a great story. I love telling it if you ask me, but I am so not likely to be like, do you know Jesus? Because he's really cool. And I want to tell you about him. And I love talking about him with my Christian friends but I'm just, I'm comfortable in my Christian circle and I work here in this Christian place and I feel safe and everyone thinks similarly to the way that I do and I don't have to deal with, oh, you think that, well, I think that, well, you know, and I hear people, you know, you've worked in the world and it's really, really hard. It's just a rough place to be. And it's like, Oh, that's so hard because I'm like, I'm the worst. I, I, I have that desire to share the love of Jesus, but it's really 
hard to do, and I would I would much rather just not because it's just easier to you come to me and ask me when you're ready. But to try to go out and reach you and find you, the outcasts like Jesus did, it's super hard. So whoever's listening, <laughs> don't don't feel like this is gonna be the podcast that's like. You're terrible for not doing this thing because it's where I think all sort of wrestling with it all. So I think the biggest thing is the intimidation factor and the preconceived thought or judgment that I think people are going to have towards me because if I'm being honest, before I was saved, I had it towards Christians <laughs> myself of go. if I'm going to be out in the world and become that. Jesus freak, for lack of a better word, well, all of a sudden I'm going to have a target on my back and people are going to be like, oh, you're that weirdo who tells me about Jesus. And it's like, yes, I am, but not in the way that you're thinking of it. And how do I bridge that gap between you're uncomfortable and now I'm uncomfortable, but it's just the love of Jesus that I want to share. And it's just very intimidating. I think it's cool to see how God can use the things that you're interested in as part of your outreach. So there was someone, <laughs> leaving everything anonymous, who was working with a people group in a certain country on the other side of the world. and. You know, he was saying, oh, it'd be really cool if you came down. And I was like, okay, well, that's great. I'd love to. I'm just, you know, I'm not skilled at building wells and putting roofs on. Like, that just isn't me. But if you ever do anything with drama, I'm Mm -hmm. so there. Like, let me know. And then a little while later, he was like, oh, do you want to come run a drama camp here? You know, we've got lots of young people in this area that don't have that kind of thing. Do you want to come and be a part of that. And I was like, yes, I would love that. You know, because I love to travel and 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 see the world and see different people and see different groups. And and so it was really cool to go over there. Becky went with me, actually, and she helped. Um, so she went first time, then I've gone back second time. So the first time she and I went, we went to a children's home and we ran a little drama camp and we got mm. to use the Bible as our script. And we just kind of took them through different Bible characters where, okay, this is going to be Samson. And, oh, Samson was big and strong and God used him to do things. And so let's act out that story to music and let's act out, you know. And we sort of went through the Bible and, okay, Moses and the burning bush and everyone pretend to be the burning bush and pretend to be the waters that they're walking through. Oh, and now Jesus comes on the scene and he comes on the donkey and woo, and then they crucify him and he rises from the dead and the angel comes. And so we were able to, in, uh, the course of that week, spoke. pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the, to the course of that week, we were able to take music and drama and combine the two and use that as our script. And then we were able to perform it with the kids in in a church. And it was so cool to hear as they would move from one scene to the next, the people in the church, you know, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but they were recognizing the characters like, oh, that's Samson in whatever language they were using. And, oh, this is, you know, David and Goliath. You know, you could see them pointing and seeing that they could see the visual. So it's it's even really cool when you can co- kind of break through a language barrier with something like drama because – even though, you know, I don't know their language, they don't really know mine, they were still able to connect with it and then ask questions about it and talk about it with the pastor. And it was really exciting. Yes. 
Wow. Okay. Well, I've been waiting also for this. Is Becky's fun story from that experience? Yes. Um, I'm going to start a little bit differently, though, um, and start with speaking about salt because salt is very fascinating to me because it's used for so many different things. Um, it's used in food. It's used in cleaning. It's used to help dye fabrics, and it's it has so many different uses, and it can also it's also dissolvable in water and has health benefits there. And just the fact that we are to be the salt of the earth encourages me in the fact that all of our skill sets are different, and we are all uniquely created. And my skill set isn't for building roofs or putting in wells or running drama camps or any of that type of thing. Um, but God has uniquely wired me to do the kind of odd jobs that come with some of those things, like the behind-the-scenes things of we need someone just to take their phone and snap pictures or press play on a video so that we can capture this and then use it to retell a story later. Or we need someone to just drive materials from point A to point B because the people at point A have the materials and the people at point B know how to use material the materials, but we need someone to get it to and from. So that's kind of where my uh, skill set more lies is the behind the scenes and the random odd jobs, I guess you could call them. Um, so I think of the trip that I went on along with Robbie to halfway across the world and the amazing experience that that was because it was a lot of firsts for me. It was the first time I was going to be on a plane, and my first plane flight was 12 and a half hours long, followed by a literal run-through of the airport to catch a five-hour flight on a semi-questionable-to-me plane for or to reach our final destination. Um, and that is just the beginning of so many firsts on this outreach trip, I will call it, um, because that's what it was. We were going there to do several different outreach types of things. And it was just really amazing and eye-opening to me that God could take my skill set and sometimes what feels like a lack of skill set because I don't have a really strong, I'm good at building wells or I'm good at running drama camps or I'm good at and put your thing there. But he could use the person who was willing to just go. So I was willing to just go and God was able to use me at different strategical points throughout that. And one of those really cool times was <laughs> before we went, I very clearly made the statement that I will not teach children. <laughs> I will be there to help <laughs> and I will assist and I will, if somebody starts a fight, I'll go sit between them. Um, all of those kind of behind the scenes things. But I'm very uncomfortable out of all the first things. That was something I was not going to do. Well, of course, God having the sense of humor that he does. Unfortunately, <laughs> Robbie and um, our other teammate, Jessica, both got very ill um, on a Sunday morning. And they both were supposed to teach two separate children's church age groups. So it very quickly became one group of 40-ish kids in a room. Led by me <laughs> so not, through a translator. <laughs> not it. just, not just. You take, you take a. You got to cover for a class. Nope. Nope. You got to cover for both classes, and it's your first time. Yes. And yes. it's the one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you're on the other side of the world. Uh huh. Uh huh. And it became a very wonderful experience in the fact that 
when you just say yes to the outreach opportunity and go out and do it, God does amazing things with that. And I was able to share the story of Noah's Ark um, and just share that with the kids and watch them as they were attentive and they listened and they wanted to hear. But then as we got to the craft time, how excited they got at gluing ribbons to a paper plate and then coloring the paper plate so it looked like a rainbow, a very simple, what seems like boring craft, but to them it was something they kind of treasured because they didn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's neat to see how God works in you when you're willing to go into the outreach, but how God also then accomplishes his purpose of the outreach. Um, Another really cool experience I had was I got the opportunity to travel to New York City um, specifically for outreach, and our goal, we had several different things lined up, and so we served with a, I'm not sure if it's a missions organization or a group, but they go out, I think, weekly into different parts of New York City and feed people. The meals are free, and so we got to kind of transition between serving people food, helping in the back of the truck, and the scariest part of all, as people were eating, striking up a conversation and trying to share the gospel. That was another in a completely different setting that I'm not wasn't necessarily comfortable with my first time to the city, and just doing a lot of... um, I'm an introvert. They were very extroverted activities, but it was the mindset of go out and be the salt and the light and just do whatever you can to give somebody a meal or to just encourage them or just hear their story and do your best to shine the light of Jesus and just bring him into the conversation. Um, So just outreach opportunities that are terrifying and intimidating, but at the same time, participating in those gives you a whole new view for how God works and what he can do just by simply being obedient and going out to share the gospel. Outreach is a wonderful thing that can happen halfway across the world. It can happen in a large city that everybody likes to go visit, but it also can happen in our own communities. When you're out grocery shopping or When you're just out and about, when they ask you, how are you? And it's the middle of the pandemic and, you know, how's work and this and that. And just taking those opportunities as outreach of it's a pandemic. But honestly, for me, it's been pretty good because I have Jesus. And just taking the the opportunities to locally outreach as well, which I really need to do a better job at. I don't want to put ourselves down too much, you know, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, anything, anything where you're willing to be used of the Lord is is good. An outreach opportunity that made a real big impact on me was one when I was in college and it was with a church that was in not a good city, not a good town. And part of the church's mission there was to have this event where people would go out in pairs, similar to how the disciples did in the Gospels, into the town to pray for anybody you saw and or to rather ask anybody you saw if they would like prayer for anything. And the fun thing about that was it totally eliminated the mm. weird ambiguity that goes along with witnessing sometimes. What I mean mm. by that is like the not knowing, should I, shouldn't I, do I, don't I? The goal was, no, 
Anybody you see, you just ask. Is this the best way to do it every time? I don't know. But for this thing, that's what we're doing here. So that was the goal. Well, it's kind of nice that it gives you like a, here's what you're going to do. Yep. You're going to go around and pray for people. Boop, very clear. Not exactly. Like, you know, if you strike up a conversation afterward, cool. And hopefully you do. But it's like, go pray. Yep. Yep. It's how how uninvasive is that? You know, because they can say, nope. And how many people say, nope, don't want you to pray for me? Yeah. <laughs> right. Lots and lots both ways. But mostly people accept prayer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, exactly, exactly. Removing the weird doubting, do I, don't I? That's probably not the best way to do things all of the time. There sure. would be other problems with that. But again, for this specific event, that was the goal. Anybody you see, you ask if you can pray for them. And you're in a pair, you're going as pairs, so there isn't a weirdness right, of right, yeah. approaching somebody alone. And there's kind of accountability, there's in some sense, there's safety in numbers because we were in a not great area at night. So that was a really impactful experience for me because having rules for the outreach. A little box to work in. Yeah, yeah. Another simple um, approach that I've been a part of is either around, well, around Christmas time, um, either go out Christmas caroling with candy canes that have either like a tag with an invite to your church or sometimes a gospel track or something that can encourage them to ask questions or um, just lets them know, hey, this is from this local church and right. here's how you can find out more. Um, I've done it with Christmas caroling. I've done it at a fe- um, at a town festival. But just simple thought out approaches that here's what you're doing. You're basically going and caroling or going and handing out candy canes. And if you strike up a conversation, that's great. And if not, you've hopefully planted a seed where they'll look up more information later. Yeah. We did the same thing in in, in the area where we, you know, it, it's taking what you're interested in. Like, I love to dress up. I love to act. I love to do that. And, you know, dressed up as a tree and walked up and down Market Street and handed out flyers for the church's, you know, Harvest Festival. Like, I have no idea if they're going to come or not. But it's just an interesting unique way to engage and I feel like for me like that kind of takes the edge off too like I'm in costume so (laughs) you can trust a guy in costume right the other half that we're talking about today is the idea of in reach so um, I think so far it's pretty safe to say everything we're talking about is going out whether it's across the world down to a big city for us that's New York around here or we could just go out to our community and walk around and ask who we can pray for or hand out explicitly gospel-centered material, whether that's material that has the gospel on it, something uh, like a tract, and not all tracts are created equal. I'll say that here. Not all tracts are created equal. But that's to say that's outreach, being out there. Inreach, what I'm talking about with inreach, and let's each share maybe some of our thoughts on this if you have something to kind of round out my definition here. It's the times where if ministry happens, it's happening because they came through our doors first. So I don't think today's episode is a versus episode, right? It's not outreach versus inreach. I think it's pretty clear that both need to happen. Yeah, I think both need to balance, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to everybody is created different. So for some people, the church inreach meaning it happens inside your physical church building. 
is more effective because people are more willing to come. But then you also have the people that have had bad experiences with the church or for some reason don't want to go to the church building. So outreach is more effective for them. So I think all both forms of outreach are good and healthy and effective. It just you're going to be ministering to a different group of people. And also, I think that there are different things that can happen when people come to your church. One of them is they can see the family together. So have you ever gone to a friend's house, somebody you've known for a while, but when you see them with their family, it kind of shows you this other side of them. And it's it's kind of beautiful to see that, how they interact with their place among their people. I think that can be a really winsome thing. When people come into our place and they see what these Christians do in their dining room, in their living room, that is the church building. You know, so I think that's a, a benefit of inreach, if that's what we're calling it. That doesn't happen the same way as when you are focusing on outreach. They get to see inside the family, kind of say, hey, this is, this is a pretty cool group. Pretty cool to see these people getting together. They're not doing creepy, weird stuff behind these walls. They're having food. Right. Well, <laughs> and and I've seen, you know, even with something uh, like the Harvest Festival where they got an invitation in the mail for, hey, here's this thing that we're doing. And then the mom came to the thing just for her son. And it was like, oh, this is an interesting place. I haven't been to church in a while. Huh. And then started coming to church and then heard the gospel because of one of those in-reach things where, oh, my son is involved in this thing and he got an invitation to this thing and I'm going to come to this thing. And and then those people wind up bringing more people. You know, it's like it's all – and now we're still praying for her husband who does not know the Lord. And, you know, and so it can sometimes be easy to look at in-reach and be like, well, this is a waste of our time. We're just entertaining the church, you know, and it's like maybe you could get into that. But I've also heard things where those in-reach things where, hey, would you like to come to this thing? I think a healthy balance of both the outreach but also the in-reach can be super effective. I love in-reach for several different reasons. The first being it gives the church body, the group of believers who go to church at that building, the opportunity to use that space to use their gifts to witness. I'm a quilter. I love to quilt. A church building is a great place to host quilters who need want to learn, who are experienced, or have a ladies' craft night, something very informal that I love to do, that mm -hmm. I can just invite people, we can do our thing, we can chat, we can get to know each other, build relationship, and connect that way. Um, it's also great for hosting festivals and events where come as a family, have fun, get comfortable with the building, um, meet some of the church attendees, and hopefully get interested and come back. Or it's great for things like Awana, where you're ministering to kids, um, both in the church and out of the church. Hopefully the ones in the church are learning and growing so that they can then, when they grow up, or even right now, use it for inreach, but also use that knowledge and the base that they're building for outreach at school. Another reason I love inreach is that is how my family was saved. We were invited to an Awana program, and the gospel got shared. I got saved. Mm -hmm. 
by going to the Awana program, my siblings and I got very comfortable with the building itself Mm. because sometimes just the building itself can be intimidating. Oh, it's Sunday school. You're supposed to go to this classroom. I don't know where that classroom is. Mm. I'm not going to ask where that classroom is. I'm just going to go home. Um, And that kind of eliminates that because now you know the layout of the building. And then parents see their kids getting excited about it and wanting to go and, oh, my daughter Susie's friend Jane invited her to church. She really wants to go. Let's go. And it kind of takes down that barrier there. Um, so InReach has so many different possibilities that, to me, I get really excited with it because of how versatile it can be. And it's also close to my heart because that's how I got saved was really, through an InReach really, program. Really cool. um, so there's just so much there um, that gets me really excited about it. The practical aspect of that is something that would be easy to overlook, but it's human, so it makes sense that we care about spaces, the space that we're in, and we we feel comfortable in a space or uncomfortable in a space. And that can make all the difference. If you're not comfortable going to the building, that there there it is right there. You're not going to go to church on Sunday morning if you're if you feel on something as simple as that. So I think even just looking down to the the nitty gritty practical aspect of saying to ourselves when we invite people into this space, we help to to break down some of those what are called defeaters, the defeater arguments like, why would I choose not to do this thing? Those are defeaters. Anything that answers why I would choose not to do this. I don't feel comfortable in the building. That's a defeater. Break that down by just letting them be there and feel comfortable with it. I love Mm -hmm. that. And then also the other idea, Becky, that you mentioned that was another one I I think is really cool is just the idea of using, using the space. God's blessed us with a space. And there are resources and opportunities that can be used used effectively in that physical space that God has blessed that his people have consecrated that can't happen the same way somewhere else. So uh, to, to sum it all up here, to uh, solve the issue like we so often do on this show with big topics in life, we solve all the problems of the world in this small padded room that we record in, is naturally is that we need we, we we need we need both halves we need both halves and i think that's part of why communities need different churches this is teasing a denominations episode that will happen someday in the future um it's part of why we need difference in the body of christ people who are gifted differently people who see things a little differently they see the fundamentals of the faith the same way but they see uh, approaches to it a little differently because there are so many different kinds of people out there and there are so many different ways to reach them and what works for one isn't going to work for the other. To use, uh, Becky, the names you used that reminded me of 1980s Christian school curricula, Susie and Jane. One thing's going to reach Susie. Another mm-hmm. thing's going to reach Jane. I right. grew up with uh, hand-me-down homeschool curriculum books and th- those were always like the names of the characters. Things, That's right. That's things right. that sounded like they were straight out of the 50s. It's mm-hmm. probably where I got those names from. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned something that made my ears perk up that I've been wanting to latch onto too, which you said relationships. And I feel like that's kind of what it boils down to relationships because hopefully you've got this in-reach program or this 
outreach program then to build relationships? Because obviously there's multiple examples in scripture where someone stood on the temple steps and preached to the crowd and didn't know any of them and they got saved. But there's also examples of, hey, Zacchaeus, you come down. I'm going to your house today. Like, I'm going to build a relationship with you who is a tax collector who everyone hates because you're stealing their money and let's go have dinner. How many examples of Jesus just being in people's homes and having a meal. And if you're able to share those experiences where you can build relationships, it's just building relationships, I think, with those people. And hopefully your outreach and your inreach exist so that you can not just be like, gospel, 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 you got saved, great, go away. But so that you can be like, oh, hey, Tim, how you doing? Oh, Becky, it's so good to see you. Do you want to come over? You know, and I feel like it's it's those things existing because if you're going to be making disciples, it's that whole make disciples, not converts. I got five people saved today. Woo. Right. Who cares? You know, like, oh, wait, I built a relationship with someone who now wants to get deeper in with their relationship with Jesus so that they can then reach the people that they know and now you know you can't be the one hero who's doing it all but who can you outreach in reach reach (laughs) to to then have that relationship so that they then are doing that same thing Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.